1: The expected other shoes have yet to drop in the Panama Papers case, but investigations widen. The means by which Mossack Fonseca was hacked remain unknown, but there's some informed speculation out there. BAE warns of polymorphic Cubot malware, and Cisco's Talos researchers grimly predict the rise of crypto worms. We hear about the risks of physical loss, inattentive offboarding, and legacy systems. And finally, remember Clippy? It looks like you're listening to a podcast. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, April 12, 2016. No major new developments in the Mossack-Fonseco Panama Papers' journalistic investigation, but reporters continue to hope for more names named and more information about how the leak was accomplished. British Prime Minister David Cameron strikes back in Parliament at what he characterized as the deeply hurtful inferences Fleet Street and Her Majesty's loyal opposition are drawing from the leaks. And Peru has joined El Salvador by raiding local Mossack Fonseca offices. And Russia Today teases with quotations from the Deutsche Zeitung's discussion of the possibility that secret agents from the CIA and elsewhere used Mossack Fonseca's services to conceal their activity. Guy Guzner is from Fireglass, and he helps us organize some of the speculation surrounding the Panama Papers hack.
2: People started to look at what would be the possible attack vectors here and started to look at the public uh, facing sites of the company and uh, some of their interfaces and found some some interesting things that may be related or not related to the bridge itself, but may tell something about their stance on, on, on cybersecurity. And for example, it was found that their public facing website was using Outdated versions of both uh, WordPress and Drupal uh, content management systems. In fact, uh, the Drupal system wasn't updated for three years, and uh, we know that uh, there has been a number of of different uh, uh, vulnerabilities that has been then patched in in that system. So obviously they don't uh, uh, keep their system very much updated and uh, secure. And then it may apply to to, to other places in their organization as well.
1: That's Guy Guzner from Fireglass. Their website is fire.glass. BAE warns that a new polymorphic version of Cubot malware is circulating in the wild. Cubot shows an awareness of its surroundings that's enabling it to be unusually evasive and difficult to interdict, as polymorphic malware tends to be. Heimdall reports that Atmos, an evolution of the venerable Zeus malware by way of Citadel, is actively targeting banks in France. Atmos is also being delivered in conjunction with Tesla Crypt, which suggests that criminals are, as expected, combining attacks for the mutual misdirection. Ransomware itself continues to evolve in disturbing directions. Cisco's Talos Labs warns that cryptoworms appear to represent this class of malware's future. As the name suggests, cryptoworms are self-spreading and require little or no user interaction to infect systems. In industry news, the first cyber IPO, indeed the first major tech IPO of the year, that of Dell SecureWorks, has received its initial valuation. It appears likely to be $1.42 billion. Inadvertence and physical transfer continue to threaten data security. The U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation (FDIC) sustained an inadvertent breach in February that affected the records of some 44,000 customers. In this case, it wasn't hacking, but rather unfortunate offboarding. A departing employee had inadvertently downloaded files into a personal storage device, then left with both device and data. Both were returned without evident theft or compromise. But there's a clear lesson. Pay attention to your offboarding procedures. Another lesson is to limit the use of portable storage devices, a step the FDIC says is in its plans. Such plans would figure into the general IT modernization initiatives the U.S. administration proposed in its Cybersecurity National Action Plan. U.S. CIO Tony Snow sees such modernization as important to security. Quote, A typical CIO in a typical agency spends a high percentage of his budget just keeping his systems running, Snow said at a Passcode event in Baltimore this morning. Trying to keep legacy systems running involves a struggle against diminishing skill sets, the difficulty of getting parts, and so on. But agencies have a hard time replacing systems. As new requirements emerge and laws are passed, Quote, We wind up piling more dirt on top of old, immovable objects, as Snow put it. Finally, while we're thinking about legacy code, and as we've been watching the recent travails of artificial intelligence – security travails, workplace travails, chatbot travails – Duo Security urges us to remember Clippy. Clippy was that small, bug-eyed paperclip Microsoft used to use as an intelligent user interface to offer you help as you did things in Office – Looks like you're writing a letter, Clippy would observe from the corner of your screen, full of hope that you'd ask for its anthropomorphic help. Alas, few did ask, in part because too many people felt that Clippy was leering at them in an unwelcome, male-gazy kind of way, and also because he got to be kind of a pest, leering or not. Well, Duo says it turns out Clippy was legacy code that also amounted to one big built-in back door. How big? big enough to drive a truck full of malicious macros right into the old Vista operating system, the OS between Windows XP and Windows 7. That's how big. So those AIs, they come from good families, but sometimes they develop ways about them that just aren't right. Are we right, Tay? Looks like you're using legacy code. No, you don't need Clippy's help. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust Plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com/zerotrustai. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me is Marcus Roshecker. He's the Cybersecurity Program Manager at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security, one of our academic and research partners. Marcus uh, saw a story recently that, uh, once again, um, the Justice Department wants Apple to help unlock an iPhone. This is not the uh, iPhone in the San Bernardino Jihadist case. This is uh, one in New York.
0: Yes, so this uh, issue between law enforcement and Apple um, continues. As you may recall, the iPhone in the San Bernardino case was apparently cracked uh, by the FBI through the help of a third party. A third party was able to offer a solution that helped the FBI gain access to that encrypted phone. But it looks like that uh, solution is only applicable to the iPhone 5C model, which was the model in the San Bernardino case. Which means that um, for other cases that involve different models of of iPhones, um, the FBI will again need Apple's technical assistance to try to gain access to encrypted information on those phones.
1: So this is a case in New York, and this is a case that's on appeal, is that correct?
0: Yes, so this was also a pretty high-profile case. Uh, It involved a uh, drug dealer who was using an iPhone. Um, This drug dealer has actually pled guilty but um, the FBI would still like to gain access to this person's phone, um, which is encrypted. The phone does run an older version of the operating system, So the assistance that Apple would have to provide wouldn't be as extensive as it would have had to provide in the San Bernardino case. Apple would not have to build any new software, it would have a much easier time to uh, help the FBI gain access to the phone. This case in New York also revolves around this legal issue of the All Writs Act. Again the FBI is relying on the All Writs Act to try to compel Apple to help them access the phone. In the initial decision by the judge in this New York case, um, the judge actually ruled in favor of Apple and said that the FBI could not rely on the All Writs Act to compel Apple to um, break into the phone. Now the Department of Justice has appealed this case, and and then Apple will file papers in opposition to the Department of Justice uh, by April 15th, so in a couple of days. Um, We'll have to see how this progresses, but certainly this issue of of uh, law enforcement trying to compel a person or a private entity to assist it pursuant to a, a court order, um, that issue is still open. And uh, we still need to get a final decision on that.
1: All right. Marcus Roshecker, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
2: Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network.